There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, guys. Make sure before you have listened to this episode, you are aware that we do do some endgame spoilers and some Game of Thrones spoilers if you haven't been watching, which I don't understand why. Um... Yeah, we do that. So make sure that you stop or you just go and watch Endgame or Game of Thrones catch up before listening. So enjoy the episode. Bye. Bye. I'm Ray. I'm Alex Reed. Welcome back to another episode of Game of Thrones. Hello guys and welcome back to another episode of Mostly Lit. <laughs> how you doing, Alex? Welcome back. <laughs> Mostly lit. Yeah. Um, how you been? How has your week so been? Everything other than other than the trap nerve and the fear of death and flying. Yeah. Um, I um been a good week. Yeah. Been a good week. Been a good week. Um trying to think what I did. Because I've been a I've had really messed up days because of the bank holiday and because I'm kind of like sporadically mm. working here. And then yeah. I'm kind of like, like I worked back on a day Sunday and I worked the Friday. Oh. So I'm thinking, what even day is it today? It's just the today next day. Today is Monday. Weird. Yeah, yeah, weird. So it's just the next day. Yeah. But it's been a good week um, or a good culmination of days. Yeah. You, you went to see <laughs> um, Small Island. Without me. Hella long. It's a very long play. Really? It's a very long play. It's like three hours long. Ah, what kind of Bollywood movie? Yeah, three hours long. Did they have intermission uh, at least? They had one intermission, yeah. 15 minutes, I think. And um, yeah, it was good. They Did they stick true to the book? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they, they, they pretty much did. Yeah. It, it, some parts moved very quickly, some parts moved quicker than others. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was pretty much the Yeah. Thing. But it was really good. Like, it got some really good reviews from what I saw the next day. I saw the Guardian review. It said it was like the pinnacle of British theatre. Like, you know, was it the pinnacle of British theatre? Not the pinnacle, but like, you know... Uh, what did he say? He said something like, "This is the standard." Okay. Um, like it was on the biggest theater in the national theater, yeah, like the Olivier Theater. So yeah, that was good. Um, I was going to watch Endgame, but then it got ruined for me. So no, no, like the thing is, it never got ruined. You deserve it at this point. No, no, it never got ruined. It was more like 
there was no urgency to watch it. I would still watch it at some point, but I had no urgency because I already know what's happening now. But then I don't really feel that attached to anything anyway. You're just in weird. Show, in the show. I'm so just, I, I mean, yeah, you deserve for it to be spoiled for you at this point. <laughs> no, but the thing is, that, like, I don't feel anyway. I yeah. felt like I was going to go. So just in case that like, it did get spoiled and I'd be like, whatever. But then it got spoiled and I was like, you know, what does it even matter then? Yeah. Because I'm not attached to it at all. Yeah, it's fine. Also, but, you know what happens? Yeah. You know who dies? Yep. Who dies? Is it Tony Stark. Okay, cool. But it's just like, in case you did. As in, that's, oh, sorry, this is why, sorry, this is why I'm, for me, it's fine we talk about it. Oh, for me, as in... End game was, and I remember somebody referred it to as a love letter to all of us like fans. And it's so that in that people are coming up being like, oh, it wasn't as great as Infinity War. But Infinity War was so fast paced. You didn't have time to breathe in Infinity War. It was like bash, bush, bush. It was one big event. Do you know what I mean? This had, this had five years later, this had, a story arc. Yeah. This a whole the whole first hour was just sadness upon sadness. Yeah. It was just mourning. Mm. You know, it was building up another character who dies. Do you know that another character who dies? Who? I don't want to say it. Wait, say it. Too late. Who dies? Because if I say it, then it's. Well, was it Captain America lives? Yeah. From what I hear. Yeah. Um, Tony Stark dies. R.I.P. Who are, who was dies? Iron think... Man dies. No. Iron no, Man comes back. No. Um, I don't know. I don't know who that is. Okay. Well, obviously when that person dies, it was kind of, yeah. I didn't expect to feel away, but they built, they built her in the first hour for it to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, so yeah, like for me anyway, it was an, an amazing culmination of all of these movies and the past 10 years of yeah. action and love. And I was crying as in, cause I told people, I told my girls like, listen, Either Stark or Cap is gonna go, and in a way, Stark had to go, and I and I can reconcile that with myself because obviously he started this whole thing off. He's lived his life in terms of he has a kid, ends up having a kid, blah blah blah. But obviously, Cap didn't get to do that. I've never really bonded with Cap that much because I feel like he lacks something. Mm-hmm. He's just very stern and sturdy. He, he, to me, he lacks something. He's obviously the the American hero. And that's a bit boring to me, whereas Stark has such nuances okay. and character and greatness and, and darkness in him. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that has always been my favorite superhero out of all the damn superheroes. So when they when they did this... The thing is, it was like, I was, from, what I, from what I understand of it, I still need to watch it, but what I understand of it is that it's a roundup of... As you said, it's the combination of everything that's happening. It's Don't the, get me wrong, it's phenomenal. The, it's the tying up of loose ends. It's, it's, the, the, back, it's, it's the back and forth and time. And it's like going back to like this film yeah. and re- re- reminiscing and, and going back. To, when they reminisce on uh, Winter Soldier, they did a part. It was phenomenal. Okay. I need to watch it. Anyways, you should watch it. Yeah, well, it was a great, um, great film. I, I loved it. Cried my eyes out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, my week has been great. Um, I went to see Knots and Crosses the other day. It was really fun. <laughs> yeah, um, so they really stuck to the books, although they made it more comical um, than the books was because... That's kind of what I felt about Small And I was Island. a bit like, why, why are you laugh? What? What's going what, on? That's kind of what I felt about Small yeah. Island. I felt like, right, actually, I might do it for mostly flicks. Yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll wait till then. Yeah. Um, but yes. Okay, so let's get into the show. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> the re-education. Should we do Who's Lit first before we do your re-education? Sure. Okay, so Who's Lit this week? We're going to chat our friend of the show, but just uh, greatly deserved, Guy Gunaratney. 
Yeah. And he's the author of In Our Mad and Fury City, and he won the Jalak Prize this year. Whoop, now, whoop. That's a fantastic achievement. Yeah. It's an amazing achievement. He was Philippe obviously long listed for mm-hmm. the so Man Booker. For the Man Booker. Yeah. And several other awards. And I just want to say a huge congratulations to you. You worked so hard. Um, you fly back and forth from wherever you are to, Honestly, come, to come back here yeah. to, do, to do like the most for your, the people around you mm-hmm. and everything. And then you're just a great guy. A great guy. Congratulations. congratulations. We can't wait to read your next book. Yeah, cannot wait. Um, and did you hear Media Diversified is closing? I know. Yeah, so... Um, I know. I was a, like, wow. It's quite a sad time for journalism, especially um, ethnic minority journalism in this country. Yeah. But, um, you know, like when one door closes, another one opens, I hope. Yeah. Um, we shall see what this does for the journalistic climate yeah. in um, the UK. But I mean, what is it? Didn't Galdem... Now they like have their own offices. Yeah, they have an internship yeah. program. The new building, the new business model. Yeah, they're like so got investors and, and stuff. Yeah, the team over there, they're doing amazing stuff. Um, so, but yeah, it's like yeah, I just and I do get a bit despairing of journalism every so often. But we will just have to see where, what, it, goes. where it goes and what yeah. happens next because you know, like you can't look at all of these things as a huge travesty. As yeah, but things like that they. They need the funding. They need the investment, and so that they can continue. Yeah. And there are so many schemes out there that are like funding minority journalists and whatnot. But you know, the, the actual platform, yeah, where they can call home. You know, we need to do that. We look at the states, and they've got the root. They've got um, what's the other one called? Blavity. Yeah. <laughs> Blavity. They've got all these other things. Um, like even 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 like offshoots of certain platforms like Buzzfeed, Black Voices, yeah, and all that stuff. And you just think, um, the Atlantic, you just think to yourself, like, you've got, when we go to the UK, what, things are just, like, built, done for a bit, and they let slide, because yeah. obviously it costs to run these things. And um, and it's, like, we were talking about last week, it's the big corporations aren't in support of this, and we have to almost do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, obviously DIY culture is great when you just want to get things done, but then at the same time, when you need that support and funding, like, the counterpart... I would say white establishments have and white startups have with that sort of social clout, Mm. then we don't get that funding. And instead of growing into something bigger, we get to a point where we think we're making some sort of change. Midway through, it collapses and we have to build something else all over again from from scratch. That just... It's it's takes its toll after a while. It's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. And you know, we have to see more and more platforms as well. Yeah. Um, championing ethnic minority writers and diversity and stuff. Oh, that was a bit of a Dana. Yeah. But you know, it is it is what it is. And um, you know, like the dark and stuff. Oh my god. So what are you what what are you reading? What am I reading? I'm reading Sula by Toni Morrison. Um, I think, like, we had a conversation with um, DeRay. Last week, last week's episode. And um, it was quite cool because... we, I was like, I remember saying, oh, you know, we have a thing against Tony and, you know, the hump that you have to go through to, yeah. you know, like her work and get into her books. But then I was like, actually, I'm really being like mean to Tony Morrison, considering <laughs> that I actually only have read The Bluest Eye. Okay. I'm like, actually, I need to 
read widely, just so I'm very certain that this opinion stands true. Mm. Currently, I'm actually really enjoying Sula. I really love, and I was just thinking about what is it that I really love? And there's a particular thing that I think Toni Morrison does, which surpasses every other writer in that. When you write words, the words that you're using are essentially a lens, right? And how you position the lenses, how you you position the lens, Mm -hmm. whether it's when you're painting a scene or you're painting a picture, is how the the reader comes into the narrative. And Toni Morrison does this perfectly. She will touch on particular type of land Mm -hmm. and from that she will give you the history and then from that she will give you positioning and from that she will give you the people all in in like five sentences she will touch on so much and your mind and and your vision goes from present past future surrounding people and 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 the scene is just painted just like that Mm. it i think it's like such a talent and she does it so so well mm. like just the first part like the first paragraph maybe the first mini chapter of Sula she literally paints a whole neighborhood and I'm just like whoa like how did you do that because now I I have imagined everything you set the tone the pace the people how they look like everything and mm. you haven't really done much mm. people, for others it takes them like long pages to get all of that information in but she just does it sure. like that yeah she's the master of creating the landscape I suppose yeah and, yeah, and I and, yeah and, and the rich rich culture like you, yeah, you step into any kind of landscape with her and you're like it's a rich culture mm, already like, already like, like you've even made I know that we have the context of the African American South and the Southern kind of context that she kind of creates and writes around but yeah, yeah, she she draws on that, but yeah. then I'm like, the, well, the time that she was writing, I think she even is probably one of the people that set that that mm-hmm. that type of narrative in our minds. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm like, this is too pure for it to just be taken from other cultural artifacts. Yeah. I feel like this was like the creation of that or part of that creation. Yeah. Um. But also, I realized that I like her more when she, she's writing prose, prose, and not trying to give me poetry and mm-hmm. give me other sort of techniques in her words. I'm like, babes, just. Just stick to a nice sentence, beginning, middle, yeah, end. She ain't doing that. Oh God! She's giving you all. She's giving you all the techniques that she teaches. Oh she's God! All the oh, mechanisms. God. She's giving you the no. complexities of language. One thing she's I didn't get in Bluest Eyes when all the words were like squished together, I was just like, no. Yeah, I love the Bluest Eye. <laughs> that was that was it was traumatic, but it was very. It was good. good. She's no tal- talent, very talented. She's a treasure. I know. Yeah. She, she, yeah. Golden. Anyways, yeah. So that's what I'm reading. Okay. What are you reading? I'm reading. Um, I went to the National Phot- the Photographers Gallery um, mm-hmm. this week to meet up with one of my friends. And um, while he was in a meeting, I went downstairs to the bookstore, which I should not have done, but I did. <laughs> and um, I came across Teju Cole's um, Known and Strange Things. And, fiction. Uh, it's not fiction. It's um, essays. It's um. Of course, it is. <laughs> it's essays, and like, yeah, and he's just like an amazing writer. He just like he's a photographer. Yeah, and he's a writer. He, I think he writes for the New York Times, or is it the New Yorker? Where's um, he from? He's from 
the United States, but via Nigeria. Yeah, figured so, with Teju, um, yeah. That's not even his real name. Oh, so, really? Yeah, his real name is, like, uh, I want to say a proper Nigerian name. Mm. Like, um, but yeah, it's Teju Cole. And um, yeah, this book is amazing. It's like, it's a book of, it's a, it's a book of personal essays, but criticism as well. So he has, you know, he's writing about um, the first essay that he's got in here called Black Body. He's talking about um, James Baldwin. And oh. what James Baldwin did when he kind of like went to France and his life in France and his life in, in the Swiss Alps or wherever, and how he kind of and how he brought Harlem with him mm-hmm. to the and to oh, I see, club. yeah, and then how he's just kind of making the connection between maintaining the cultural roots that you have in one place, yeah, and bringing it to the next, mm. and he's making that comparison when of time like so we can do it now if we were to go to any other place in the world that was in the UK yeah whatever, we can we have our phones we have Spotify we have all these things and he was talking about well James Baldwin had to get all his records ferried up the yeah. mountain to his place and um yeah and it was just really interesting and he writes so beautifully just like he, the way he just crafts sentences and yeah. the stories that he tells like you wouldn't think it was non-fiction mm. um and yeah, I am inspired. Oh, that's good. And um, what was I going to say? Like, even just the way it starts, like the first, the first line in the preface, yeah. He's like, oh, um, when I'm trying out a new pen in a shop, I write out the first words of Beowulf as translated by Seamus Heaney. Oh, my favourite translation. <laughs> and years ago, I memorised that opening page. After a while, those were the words that came out, came most readily to hand when I was testing the flow of ink. And that's a nice line. He's got people here. Yeah, he's got people, and then he's got young people asking, "Oh, did you make that up?" Da, 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 da. And he's like, no, "No, I learned that when back when." <laughs> certain things that he talks about, he has little quirks. Like when he's um, when he's doing a mic check, he does a he does yeah. a joke about like he does a joke about a particular person before he even gets to the punchline. They've all said, "Well, well, we've got enough." Yeah. Like, oh. When people say to him, "Oh, um, you're from Nigeria and speak some Yoruba for me," he does a Yoruba tongue twister every time because that's what they want to hear like yeah. he's not, he's not going to sit there and start having a conversation yeah. with you or whatever um, but yeah very good book do you have any words that you've like memorised memorised um, uh, I don't know no, do I it's one of those you have to sit down and think about because I remember when I was at school my teacher actually he made us memorise poems Mm. So like Tiger Tiger Burning Bright in oh, like, Night yeah. and all that stuff or The Road Less Travelled um, so we did a lot of dictations yeah. and a lot of memory work. Um, well, I had to yeah. learn a lot of poetry for school because it was closed book. Like some of our poetry was closed book. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. it was pretty hard. So it's interesting that we that we did that. And um, but yeah, these are like the things that I kind of want to get back to when mm. reading, like just memorizing and remembering things. The, the words that are created. Yeah. I was listening to an interview with Teju recently, and he was like, um, at some point within the time we're going to just want to remember things and Google's going to know that we're going to want to remember it and it'll go and search it for us mm. and he's like the power of memory is you know the, it's declining and I think like, obviously it's declining and we'll talk about it in our main topic but yeah. it's actually true yeah the power of memory is is is, is becoming obsolete like mm. you know what I mean like we don't have to remember anything and I think that, and it's kind of what's been going on for generations yeah you know what I'm saying but we can talk about it later yeah. but yeah that's what I'm reading um Teju Cole's Known and Strange Things yeah I mean I love him and everything he does so far just based off just based off the first two chapters yeah but um yeah I hope to finish this soon 
Lovely. Yeah. All right. Should we move on? Yeah, let's do to it. Mostly lit. All right. So for this week's Mostly Lit, we have read or listened to Notes on a Nervous Planet by Matt Haig. By Matt Haig. The wonderful Matt Haig, who we have had on the show when we went to uh, Cheltenham. Yep. Um, right. Alex. Notes on a Nervous Planet. Okay. What so did you think overall? I really enjoy Matt Tigg. Yeah. Um, I love the clarity with which he writes. Yeah. Um, so with a Notes on a Nervous Planet, they were very interesting pieces because mm-hmm. they touched on various aspects of the human experience um, and how it pertains to kind of like, you know, the environment and all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, Whoops! <laughs> just dropped my phone. Um, but yeah, I did. I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. It's not a long read. And yeah, it's very. Everything's quite conge- like digestible. Yeah, and stuff. Um, and you, I kind of get this feeling sometimes when Matt writes in these, um, in those, in the in the books that he's done lately, like um, Notes of Nervous Planet, and what's the other one? Um, I like the Truth Pixie. Do you know? Not the no, no. cutest thing. Yeah, I want to read that, but the truth, but the notes on Nervous Planet, I feel like it's a kind of telling off sort of thing in a way that it's like. Who Who is he telling off? He's basically telling off people to say, listen, this is the world that we live in, guys. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of what we need to be looking at now. Like, why are you trying, why are you focusing on all these other yeah. things and all yeah. the other distractions, social yeah. media, technology, all this other stuff? Mm. You're focusing, you're so caught up in it. And um, it kind of, it's, it, it was quite um, impactful to me because I'm very much like, I'm, I'm in the process of obviously decluttering things and making myself not necessarily smaller in regards to how much input, I, I, output I put on online and mm-hmm. whatever. But it kind of made me think a lot more about um, the rising anxiety that we have when we're online and yeah. the kind of... Um, the, the, the problems that we kind of face when yeah. we're online and the the, the the impact of so having so much outside of the environmental factors of what we're yeah. doing on this planet. Um, yeah. So, f- like, just to break it down, he, like, Matt in this book talks about various things from, um, with regards to human progress. So, technology, um, he touches on media, social media specifically, but also the news. He touches on robotics, um, but then at the same time, it's all shrouded in this I, this realm of mental health and how do we still be remain human in a world that is almost wanting to dehumanize us. And I think the, the biggest sort of scope or, or underlying factor is the idea that with progress comes damage. And I just wanted to put it out to you whether you think that this this is a statement that is true. Like as you progress, you cause damage or there is more damage. And how do you deal with that as, how does one deal with that as a human race, both as a as a species, but also individual, as an individual, how do you remain human, but still progress in a, in with the progression dehumanizing you in the process? Mm-hmm. How'd you do that? No idea. <laughs> no idea. I'm yeah. looking at it and I'm thinking like, the thing is, everybody wants to, everybody just wants to live the best possible way that, yeah. that they can, right? Yeah. And trying to figure out progression is like, it's kind of speaking to that anxiety again, isn't it? Mm. Because you're always thinking about the next thing, the next place, the next mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z, and it kind of raises an issue whereby when everybody, nobody's actually thinking about what they're doing in the present to kind of like help, the 
the rest change. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where we, and I feel that's kind of where we need to be. We need to be at a point where like, okay, we're all here now. We're all anxious people. We're all focusing, whatever. I was in Clapham Junction on a Saturday, yeah? <laughs> yeah. And I was looking around and I was thinking to myself, this is absolutely crazy. Like, I took my phone out to look at the map mm. to get an idea of direction I'm going. So I took it out, looked at it quickly, put it back in my pocket. I've got my headset in. So if it tells me to go in a direction, it would just say, go there. But then I looked up and I looked around at everybody and either there were people rushing, looking at their phone. Yeah. So I'm thinking, how do you rush while looking at your phone in this world? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and, you're, and you're bumping into people. Somebody... There was somebody like that was that was really trying to undercut somebody mm. um, on the way out of a shopping center, and someone was trying to go in, and then they had to do the matrix Dance. dodge <laughs> to try and get through them. Yeah. Somebody tripped, and somebody did all this stuff, and I'm just looking at everybody like this is actually it's a jungle. Crazy. Yeah, and that's the kind of anxiety that I feel like Matt is talking about mm. yes, as well, like the, like the more explicit anxiety, the kind of. Anywhere, especially in big cities like London, Manchester, Birmingham, or wherever, but London in particular is its own. Thing. Yeah, like everybody's in a rush to do something to get something. Yeah, and when we talk about progression for the next thing, everybody's rushing now to kind of figure out. Oh my god, like, the, like mm. how are we gonna progress? How are we gonna do? And it's like, in my mind, I'm thinking everything's fine. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know what I mean. Like we just need to we need to figure out how we're going to sustain the planet, how we're going to do all those things. Yeah, I think yeah, that's but, all of that is like I would say like maybe the public anxiety mm-hmm. in that the world is just changing at a pace that is just like mad mm-hmm. and and the world itself is not stopping to think, oh, maybe not. Mm-hmm. And then from that aspect, you have like societies and communities. And that's, I would say the communal, the community anxiety and our own individual ones are the ones that affect us more like closely because sometimes we think about how technology is like taking over the world, but day to day, that might not be what we are feeling unless we know we're always on our phones, but I don't know, technology that affects big things over time isn't what we see day to day. But I was thinking like, in my head, I'm like, I do feel like way like quote unquote primitive. I hate that word, but you have societies that maybe the West will look down upon and say they are not progressive enough, but they hold this harmony in community that I do feel like we need because we are in the West, sorry, especially on a community level, are moving so far away from that. So when we're on the road, like uh, we're just, okay, how do I, we don't even know how to get to places anymore. Mm. Because like in my head, I remember to do this specifically where everywhere I go, I will use um, Google Maps. So when I'm walking, I'm hardly looking. I'm looking at my map. Mm. My map is telling me to turn left, I, I turn left. Unless I go to that same place every other day, the next time I'm at that same place, I don't know where I will be going. Yeah. Because I'm just like, well, the last time I was here, my map told me where to go. Mm. So, oh, there you go, the map. And that's that whole idea of memory again. It's like, we are not looking and actively learning because how am I going to the same spot and I still need to use my phone? Mm. Because the first time I wasn't aware. Mm -hmm. And I think it's that awareness that that we're lacking. That we're lacking. Yeah. So we walk, you pretty much walk around with blinkers on, right? Exactly. And it's like, because there's always something that could be, do- that should be being done mm. while you have it on your phone. And I did think about this, like, um, my dad made it, my dad raised a point last week when he said that with his generation, so the baby boomers, 
um, they, if they were to have their phones or social media or anything taken away, they would be okay. Mm. Um, and then I said to him, like, mm, I guess, but it doesn't. But you're basically absolving yourself from saying that social media hasn't impacted you. No, yeah, I think it has. I mean, he's in their generation. It's but, probably like reuniting with people that he. But it'd be easier. I mean, it probably would be easier for them to kind of like just be like, all right, cool. kind of go back into normal. But the thing is, and I'm also thinking to myself, like, but our generation, a lot of people are kind of. I'm not sure that it would be that much of a big deal. I don't think it would be that mm. much of a big deal. Like, the thing is, when you don't have something, you you, you kind adapt. Of, you kind yeah. Of to, like you know, when Instagram and WhatsApp or whatever went down. I was like, it did, I, I was like, yeah. oh, I didn't even realise it had gone down. But people were like, oh my God. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't even realise. Yeah, I do think but, that we as human beings, we can adapt very, very easily yeah. to these types of stresses. But these stresses are just like social media. It's not like a fucking bear charging you down the road, you know? Mm. Um, and so I do think that, excuse me, we can adapt really quickly. But it is it's not it's not what's going to affect is not maybe the day-to-day activities but rather the that anxious mental mm-hmm. health thing and one thing i know that's why i greatly reduced like my time on like online on, on the web so i remember being in a rush yeah when i'm stressed out i'm, I'm, I'm outside guys i'm always in a rush because i'm always late always late to go somewhere wow poor time management because that's your own issue um no it's because i'm optimistic no. In my head, I'm always like, oh, I'll get there on time. There is enough time. And there isn't, but I, I'm very optimistic. Okay, one time, that's mm-hmm. fine. But every time, I, don't, I think that's just not learning lessons. Actually. <laughs> anyway, wow. what you're saying. Anyways, so <laughs> I remember the other day, um, I was near Kensington. I was going to go somewhere. Oh my God, I played D&D this weekend. So cool. Is it good? I really Dungeons and Dragons. I know, I really want to play that. Oh, I think would be great asset, Loki. It's like the whitest shit, but it's so fun. I really wanted to play. I just said, and one of my friend is so. Oh my god, I'll I'll tell you. Okay. Oh my. Oh, listen. After this, yeah. No, darling, you don't need darling. You just need dice. Okay. And then and and an imagination. Okay. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um. Outside of that, so I went. I was going somewhere to play D &D &D, and I came out of um, Earl Court. Earl's Court, and I was in a rush, and I walked out, and I looked at my phone. And noise, blah, blah, blah. And instead of me to go to Google Maps to find out exactly where I need to turn to to get to this place, why is my phone naturally going to the WhatsApp button? All right, I, I see notifications and I don't even need to see it. I see the notifications and a part of me gets calmer because I'm like, oh, okay, I know now who's messaged me. Mm-hmm. Did I need to know that information? No. Mm-hmm. And then I take it off and I know, like, my, I'm like, you're here to go on WhatsApp um, to go on yeah. the, and then my my hand then goes to Gmail and then it goes to Twitter and then it goes to Instagram yeah, at this point I'm just standing in front of Earl's Court Station like knowing I'm late and then I'm and then I'm like oh okay yeah sure so then and then I'm like why is it that this information gathering after being on underground for like 45 minutes is so important mm. rather than actually knowing where I'm going. And that was my biggest thing is I'm, I'm an information hoarder. <laughs> like if I don't have information, I'm literally like panicking. And it's something that I'm like, actually I don't need it. The thing is that there's a, there's a, there's a level of, 
there's a level of asking about them because you can say if you don't have information then you're panicking mm. but if you don't have information that's valuable to what you need it for because yeah. you can get information anyone can get information yeah. have an information overload yeah but if the information for me people will say oh Alec, you're like sometimes they'll be like you're so dismissive you're so dis- dis- dis-. And i'm just like mm, i could so probably because of the way that i kind of output it but the intention is pretty much to say I don't want to have to worry myself with things that don't matter matter to me like that because no, that I, makes sense. No, 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 that don't matter to me, but like you know, you can people can people tend to apply you with information about things. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, so can we get to the crux of what that is then? Yeah, because you giving me all of this stuff, mm. it's like it's like <laughs> it's like it's like somebody throwing like all your dirty, yeah, all your laundry at you, yeah. And no, it's like, no, it's like you saying, oh, pass me the socks, the red socks. Then I throw you everything else. Why are you throwing me the, why are you no, throwing me the black see, socks? Oh, no, I get that. But for me, it's just, I know that, okay, these people, someone's trying to talk to me because I've been underground for like a while mm. and someone's trying to talk to me. Yeah, There's, can wait. I know, but in my head, I'm like, I just need to know mm. what's happening, who has tried to reach out, who hasn't. But, and then I'm like, why am I stressing myself no, like that? I just need to no, go no, to no, Google Maps so I can find out exactly, where I'm going. Exactly. It's, like, it's like a, it's like a, 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 a tier, hierarchy of info. Because you think yeah. to yourself like, at this moment in time, this is why I've had to kind of like really narrow it down. Yeah. Idea. At this point in time, what do I need? I need my Google Maps. Right. I want to go to my Google Maps. And, yeah. I, have, and I have gotten to a point where I've like looked at my phone and I'm there for ages. Looking Fig- at my phone. Figuring out what oh, you need. What I was thinking about, about doing. doing. Yes. Oh, I get that as well. And it's like, and that, and that, and yeah. that is the weird level of anxiety that happens. Yeah. It's intense. Because your brain is like not working in the... Yeah, it's like, where do I, what? It's become lazy. It's relying on... Like your muscle memory of your, your, like your hand to be like, all right, go to WhatsApp, go to... When really you're like, wait, that's not what I want. So you're just looking at your phone for like a tiny second, just... Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, and it's horrific. And for me, it's like I think it's horrific. Me, there's nothing wrong with going in the one direction. Like, some, like I went to somewhere the other day. I was going to walk to Gloucester Road because the rink, the Owls Court, Owls Court was closed. <laughs> I had to walk to Gloucester Road from Owls Court, and I was yeah. like, okay, I'm just going to go this direction because I know Gloucester Road is in this direction. Yeah. Um, Google. I had a look at Google Maps to see how long the distance would be, mm. not necessarily the route. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, let me just walk. It's, and I, it's beautiful. And I walk that way, and I'm like, okay. Is it this way? And I look back at it and I was like, yeah, I am going in the right direction. Yeah. But am I? And then you just figure it out like, like that. And that's the kind of way that I'm kind of trying to figure out how to control that level of anxiety yeah. within the the, the, the the digital space. And, yeah, I think it's, it's more so than just important. social media. And I think it's yeah, just space. Yeah, because when people start to think, oh, digital, it's what, they always think social media. They mm. think, oh, you're on apps. No, just I'm like, sometimes it is literally just Gmail. Apps, <laughs> literally apps everywhere. Mm. And the, the constant the constant notifications oh. bug me. And, and just I, the I phone. I think, like, for me, I get that harmony when I go back to Zanzibar because in Zanzibar, there are certain parts where the roads aren't really, like, clearly marked. So you're just, like, walking on ground and there's a home here and there's a gate here and do you know what I mean um and we live quite close to one of my cousins and I like as you said I know the general direction of where it is that they live but I don't have it mapped out and I remember in the morning I'd want to go to their house to get something mm-hmm. and I'd step out and I'll just I'll just walk yeah because there isn't that oh no one I need to get there at a certain time two I've got this to do afterwards three who's trying to chat to me on social media my phone's at home do you know what I mean and I just I'm popping out and it's so peaceful like your brain is literally at peace and it becomes much sharper to just dealing with outside stimulus Mm. because it's not 
thinking and processing so much. Like we don't even use that much of our brain and I'm sure the other part is just processing information. Mm-hmm. And when you, or me, when I'm, when I put myself in the middle of that and in the middle of information, it gets exhausting. And it just sort of gets to a point where I'm just like, I can't, mm. I need to, I need a minute. Do you know what I mean? I think it's, it's, yeah, it's something that we all need to just step back from because, you know, as Matt was saying, even like the news is just bombarding you with info that is not even like, we're here to tell you information. No, it's, we're here to tell you that you're going to die. Yeah. Um, and this is the way that maybe you could stop it, but you're going to die. Yeah, I think, yeah, with the news, that's a tricky one me since us you work in you yeah um when i was a news reporter that was a really interesting thing because that level of anxiety is Mm. none that i've ever experienced before in my life and it's weird because you know that you have to report on such Mm. yet you also know you have to consume such to report it yeah so you're like okay so all these murders are happening oh now you got to, now you got to go recover this murder for it, to put it out there again yeah. to, make, to make it louder and put X, Y, and Z out or you've got to and you know negative news sells exactly and we see that but we also see that online when we look at Twitter mm-hmm. or when we look at um, any of those scandals that happen yeah. online or whatever they're always something negative it's yeah. never there's never a positive scandal right never positive that's scandal. just like congratulations like, oh let's move god, on to the next god, one like, oh my god this has happened this has happened yeah, yeah. And it's always and the negative ones make the most impact or effect and um, it's a really interesting it's a really interesting place but I um, don't like watching the news at 10 o'clock at night Mm. I think that I think this is it's, I mean only like probably once or twice a week I probably if I haven't seen any of the news all day um, because I feel like it's a psychological issue to watch the news before you go to bed why yeah. would you watch the news before you go to bed you want to you, you want to watch the news before you go to bed to find out whether um, the latest person who died or the next um, the next treatment that people yeah. have or whatever do you see what I mean and I feel like it's really and all what's going on in the states and all these things and all the all across the world all the, yeah. all the family like even looking at the cyclone that happened in um, India last yeah. week and I was like yes this would have been reported across today because pe- people don't always get a chance to watch it at a particular point yeah. it would have been reported across today but then I'm watching it and I'm just like this doesn't make me feel good like the rest of the, the news doesn't make me feel good mm. I'm, not, I'm not watching something that is entertaining or informative I'm watching something that is frightening mm. because it means that and it also and it also plays at your conscience and your ethics as well because yeah. you're like oh like that's what's that's happening over there oh like something uh, you know what I mean yeah. I like to listen to the radio well now I do but in terms of like or I'd put the news on but I'd like to just to get the headlines the headline stories okay. because a lot of the times when they like I used to be an avid news person how I learned a lot of my English mm. um and I was up to date with everything, but it got to a point where I, I was watching the news as a kid and know so much about the Israel-Palestine conflict, know so much about the disasters. I literally covered the tsunami, I feel, because I know everything about that damn tsunami. Mm-hmm. Um, and it got to a point where I was crying like as a kid. It got so, like, I was just watching the news all the time mm-hmm. and it really affected me. And then I just remember, like, making a conscious decision, I think when I was, like, 14, 15, to just, like, not do it. Because I'm like, this is not, like, I'm so well informed, but it's not, it, as you said, it doesn't make you happy. Mm-hmm. And I think what maybe the balance is, 
obviously we all need to know what's going on around the world. I feel it's very important to, but then there needs to be a, there's a, I guess a responsibility or there should be, in my opinion, a responsibility of the news anchors and, and these news platforms to, to consider how things are being reported because as much as they want sales, they also, I think, owe an obligation to the bloody human race um, to understand how these things can be consumed. Um, Because when you think about it on a mental health issue, it's just messed up, you know? This episode goes out with Mental Health Week. Mm. Yeah, Mental Health Awareness Week. So it's very comfortable, it's really timely. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely messed up. but news, do you watch it? Do you not? Let us know. Social media. Social media. Where are you on that now? Where am I on that now? Yeah. Um, I'm very much of the perspective that you have to utilize these things to their purpose if you want to use them. But I don't think, what's I don't think, the I don't, purpose? I don't, I don't think, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's I a prerequisite. You know, I don't think yeah. it's a prerequisite for anything. Um, what was I reading? Oh, I forgot what it Digital Minimalism by um, Cal Newport. Uh And he was saying that in the book, he basically describes a way of, he's a complete like, he wrote this book called Deep Work and he's talking about how to shut off from all technology in order for you to get the most out of your productive days and Mm -hmm. whatever. Digital Minimalism, he talks about not getting rid of all of your social media or your technology, but basically streamlining streamlining them to get the most efficiency out of them. And um, he was like, journalists nowadays, they are required pretty much to have a a profile on Twitter. And I think somebody wrote, it was a quote that I remember reading. It was like, celebrities, uh, Twitter, the place where celebrities think they're journalists and journalists are celebrities. And you can see that when you look at the journalists on Twitter who have like, you know, the verification tick, the long threads, the mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z, the setting the agenda for conversation online and all that stuff. And um, he was like, you know, at the end of the day, journalists need, or content creators or writers, it, it makes sense for them to have a Twitter account because it's the words that they use as their vocation. Yeah. But it's how they utilize it there. If they're not, you know, we don't spout meaningless things mm. um, but if you need it for your profession like you need to share the article if you need to do X, Y and Z um, Seth Godin he the marketer he basically Seth. he's a Seth Godin's a marketer mm-hmm. and really um, what like really successful one um, he's written loads of books and, yeah um, he basically he doesn't even use Twitter he doesn't follow anybody he's got like tons of followers and whatnot. Yeah. but he only and he, the, he only puts out on Twitter his blog posts yeah because that's where the traffic drives yeah. for his writing and whatnot. And there's other people that if they know that they're very image heavy and video heavy, they don't use Twitter for that. They They'll use go on it Instagram, on Instagram, yeah. So it's about trying to figure out how to use it. And I think that's kind of been the process for me. Yeah. Like literally trying to figure out why I'm using each platform and what that means for it. Mm-hmm. And not just kind of mindlessly like writing things and tweeting yeah. things out that don't necessarily fit with what I what you're trying to what, do what I'm yeah. trying to do but never, never but generally what I think yeah because this is why like I don't I this is why I mute everybody and I only have like the news outlets because I feel like I don't want to be informed by somebody else's opinion and then I take that on as if it's my own 
But is aren't news outlets doing that? No, because I can look at the news and just and just read it and just mm. be like, ah, X, Y, and Z, and just go into the article and read the article. I see. I can't. But when it's different, when say you quote tweet an article, write your comment on said piece, and then, I and then I've already, and then I, the viewer, Made, don't make don't endeavor to go in to read the piece to get my perspective. Yeah. I just comment on what you've written mm. and think that 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 you know. Yeah, you're, you're right or you're not. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. That's kind of why I decided I'm going to do it that way because yeah. that means I can go through the news and think and think to myself what I like and what, what you I don't think, like. Yeah, um, and that's where I stand. On yeah, um, I don't think social media. Sorry, I don't think social media is 100 percent bad though. I just think it's the way people utilize it and the thing. You know what I mean? Anybody can use these things to the to a negative. Yeah. So I think I used to use social media a lot back when like I used to live back home mainly because that was my biggest way into society. Your escape kind of Yeah. And it was like the biggest way into society and essentially the world because I wasn't really out, right? Mm-hmm. And I think now that I am out, it's like into the world. I I just don't see, like I'm becoming very much like, oh, this is actually very annoying. I think somebody, Eden, I think it was Eden from, um, uh, that's pod. That's that's pod. Sorry, uh, don't alert the stands. Said something like social media is just ego and production, and I was like, you know what? I think you're right a little bit. I think you're right because <laughs> um, I was just like, I see it. I see it so much, and there's this need to be validated sometimes, especially when you know you don't really, you're not really using, especially when you don't need this platform um, for any reason. It just becomes loads of voices and loads of opinions and then before you make an opinion if you don't you're not really firm with it somebody will topple you down and say actually duh, 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 and then you're like oh oh i don't know and in a way that's great because it, it builds debate and don't get me wrong i think social media has been amazing for representation because when now we see things and we're like actually no that doesn't that doesn't go people can be called out for things that they, they're doing in the real world and act they can actually make changes whether it's enough people talking about something within the me too movement something happens you know so it is a force that can be utilized but at the same time it's loads and loads of noise and if you don't learn to pacify those and just be like "Mm," then it just becomes just everybody's an expert at everything (laughs) This is what I mean. And it's just, I don't know. I, I personally just don't feel like it's... No, yeah, I, don't want to end, I don't want to take this down the road of... It's social media is bad. Social media is... Terrible. Not, not people on social media. But, you know, like, I guess it's just a bit more... It's about being more mindful as to how we kind of utilise these things. I just... I, at the end of the day, right, like... I think maybe you should have a hack a window, like 15-minute window during the day. This is what I'm uh, saying. It's what you're doing. There and then certain, after that, you just go back about... Yeah, there yeah. are certain apps that kind of, like, lock you out of these apps for ages. And Sometimes I think that's what must happen, you know? So, and yeah. that's what you need to do. And that's what you need to do. And, and, you need to and, manage unless, your life. Unless, you, unless they add a subscription... We'll all be subscribing. I'll be like, mm, I'll um, be on the free trial for some <laughs> Use different day. email addresses. Different email addresses to try and log in. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I don't necessarily. Um, yeah, I just think it's just a, it's a very interesting because even with Matt Haig as well, mm. um, the way he uses social media, it's very interesting in that he calls a lot of people to account on his Twitter account. Mm. Like I've seen some really? things. Have you seen? Do, do you no, see? No, I don't feel it. And he's like, he'd be like, he was like, oh, um, he was like, 
oh, you journalists, like I think we've also happened with the environmentalist thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, oh, you journalists that are kind of like um, demonizing the younger generation. I'm paraphrasing, this is mm-hmm. not specifically what he said. He's like, oh, he's like, you guys have got it all the wrong way. Da, 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 da. And he'll probably like, the thing is, what he does, he calls people to, to account on particular yeah. things. And then he, um, but he's very loud and he's very frank with it. Throw in a few swear words, do you? you <laughs> but people love him for that because he's because it's honest, yeah, and it's um, and it's direct, yeah, and he and he's very like and he comes from a place of this is how I feel about mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. I'm anxious today and X, Y, and Z today. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. So, um, but yeah, and he uses it in a particular yeah. way. But then there's people there that are genuinely entertaining to throw in gifts every minute and do all these things. And people quite like entertaining like, people. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you know, even when we, before we go later or before we talk on Game of Thrones, but... Yeah. Even, oh, even, damn even, Thrones. Game of Thrones is... The, hash, the hashtag oh, Game of Thrones. Honestly. It, Kills epic, me. epic, and that's a very and, and very now it's changed the way how we even watch television exactly. because we know that we're gonna watch this, but also yeah. the, the tweets are gonna bang. Exactly. Yeah, and, um, even last week with what we said, well, speaking to Duray, and he was like, you know, Twitter made scandal, yeah, because people talking the way about we're it interacting and, and with interacting things, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so there's a way, like there's a way that it can work, and there's a way that yeah, can, yeah. But um, I like it when it works for like positive shit, yeah, and when it doesn't work for positive shit, then I'm just a bit like, oh, that's yeah. not nice. Um, cool, social media. So final point I wanted to cover, like just with regards to this book is employment. Um, and Matt says this great line, just to paraphrase about how all of a sudden um, employment makes us, like it's not there for us anymore. We are there for work and work is not there for us. Um, was work ever there for us? I think it was. Obviously it's before it's, you do something to better the world okay. and to better human life in a way, or to make things easier for us. But we'll, now it's like, well, we need work to get money to to live our lives. And if we don't have that, then something suffers in our life, right? Whereas I think baseline before work is was to ensure mm. the betterment of human life. Um, and just like the idea, he was like, you know, work is taking our weekends. And I was like, yep. Clicking my fingers. I was like, you're right. And taking our life essentially. So how do you, where do you see it going? Just like human existence? Because my biggest thing right now, yeah, with regards to work and employment, because I remember talking to somebody the other day, I went out and I was just sat down and I was like, it's a bit mad. Like you, sometimes I'm not even just talking about the nine to five, even the freelance life. Um, even the creative life, you have to create, always create something. You have to go to, to work every day and you get two days off. And in those two days, you try to recuperate or some try to have a life. And then you, you recuperate for like five hours. If, if at that, on a Sunday evening, do your laundry and the admin, and then you're back at it again. And I just was like, that sounds really depressing mm-hmm. that we just, and we do that for 60, 50 years. Yeah. And then we retire and what do we do then we we watch our kids do that same thing and we enjoy the little pension that we get to do what we're lonely now our kids are gone we haven't been able to build a community around us and build people around us and 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 harness our you know our familial bonds before you know it we've been sent to a home by the kids who are doing exactly what we were doing and it's just the most depressing thing it is depressing. Um, I think that 
when it comes to work, yeah, um, <laughs> we, <laughs> we're like, because obviously, as you know, I've I left full time work end of last year, and um, it was it's been a very interesting thing for me mm. because yeah, I can't look at. I can't look at full-time work in the same way again. Mm. And I know for a fact that I couldn't go into a structure that enabled um, old the old way of doing things. I would have mm-hmm. to go into something that's more fluid and flexible. More fluid, flexible, has a different way of working, has a newer way of working. Yeah. It's adaptable to the future. And you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, that's I a look, big luxury. Yeah, it's a luxury. It shouldn't be though. And I don't yeah. think it is because, you know, there are, there are numerous companies that are, that have been going for several years, so four, five, even sometimes seven or ten. But it's not the world and, though, I don't and think. And that's, I mean, but like, I think it's, um, I think it's very interesting that people aren't able to kind of curate the world, the life that they want, especially when they get to particular positions within a company. Um, I've always worried about getting so high within a particular um, institution, industry yeah. or institution because I know for a fact that I, the way that I, I see things, I'm in there to disrupt because... I know that I know that me sitting at a desk for eight hours a day when I could easily but I could do this at home. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think it's like when you look at it and you think to yourself, well, why is everybody in the office? Especially with regards to something like journalism. Mm. Yeah. And the old days, I get it. There's a printing press, there's all these things. Da, 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 da. Why are you like we're in a world where we all have laptops. Mm-hmm. The company gives and, us laptops. You know what I mean? The biggest waste of resources in any company is the human one. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, working from home would make more sense unless you are absolutely always client facing. Exactly. So I don't understand it. So I mean, so I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Why is that such a difficult thing for people just to adapt to? Because you have to think. That to structure start, and tradition. To, to think, it, it holds value. Like, thing, but you also think. But what is the tradition and what is the structure? This, got to, like you yeah. know what I mean, like you. I. I was because I was toying with this. I was thinking, am I going to go back into work? Am I yeah. Gonna do this, da, 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 da. I was like, well. The money that I spend to travel into work, mm. I could even start earlier if I was just working from home. Mm. Do you see what I mean? If it was even if even if it was a clocking in thing, like yeah. on like on you know you got Slack or you got um, yeah. Skype or you got all these things. If it is a clocking in thing, like um, I'm online now from seven a.m. on the dot. I literally work up at six in my house. Did what I had to do, yeah. and then got to work, and I was working in yeah. my own space. Some people like that. Some people don't like working yeah. from home. Some people need to be in a different space, mm. which I, and I completely understand. It's not for everybody, but I'm just saying that there's never there's there's not this conversation from companies that have all the money, that have a lot of money to save or to kind of like utilize in a completely different way because their mindsets aren't there. Yeah, and you know it's just and they know when millennials do take over with those things in the next 50, 60 years they're going to be the CEOs or whatever I fear that that'll be way too late because we're going to have a Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom like Evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds Salads generally for most people are the easy button right? For me that wasn't an option I never really was a salad guy that's just not who I am but Noom worked for me Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And, and, and most of them, most of the millennials that we speak of probably won't even change that structure because they've been indoctrinated in, in, in the ones that, that it was yeah, before. Yeah. And that is my biggest issue. So for example, with like certain jobs that I've known of, um, a lot of the times, um, young people have to be in the office to kind of learn and get that knowledge from the older people. So the more experienced ones. However, one, there are phones, they exist. How, but then again, it's that archaic structure of, um, you know, get me the printing or you're learning because I'm in the office talking to this person and you're going to be listening in. That's just not how things work right now. And oh, people who can work from home, I feel like it is the biggest luxury but I understand sometimes that's it can't it can't always happen and like so I know firms that are trying to introduce it especially to like mothers and people who you know look after like their family members blah blah blah. and if you are in such an organization where you can make things flexible for your employees I think it's so vital to do so Mm -hmm. because yo like you know two it, days is not enough. You know what it is, and uh, you sometimes don't even get those two days. Mm, you know what it is like. It's um, it's weird because you've got to think to yourself that yeah. I mean, when you're in full time, when I was doing like forty hours a week plus, um, and I was like, oh, I want to work from home. I just want to do the do. Then you work from home, and it's, and it's, still, and it's fine, yeah. and you're just like okay. But then there's a different level. Of, there's, there's a different mental health issue that mm-hmm. goes on there because you're in your house mm-hmm. and it's like it's a, people I'm, are there. Not necessarily people are there. Oh, when, 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 when people know, like if you're working from home, you're people. Are there. But I personally don't even like working from home because, well, I didn't used to like it a lot because I like that to have that separatedness, I yeah. guess, of home and and work. And some people can be but, very flexible. With me, I'd rather go to a coffee shop. Yeah, so I mean, but the thing is, I need. I need quiet mm. to work, right? So I will be at, at my most productive times is 7 a.m. to midday, That's 1 me, o'clock. That's me, yeah. Productive. Yeah. Like I will go into, I'll do shifts at a minute, but I will go in and I'm doing the bam, work. Bam, 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 yeah. I get to I get to 11 o'clock because I'll probably start at 8 or whatever. I get to 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. I'm like, oh, mm. we're here. Mm. I've done everything I need to do for the day. <laughs> like I'm literally waiting on whatever things need to tie up or whatever. And then I can work on projects or whatever I need to do. But you think to yourself, like, I could, like, it, it becomes a wasted resource because then I sit there and I'm like, well, what am I doing? Yeah. What am I doing next? Because I'm the kind of person I'd rather just get the work done 
and then bounce. Yeah, and then do what you bounce, or then even if there was something else to do next, and yeah. I'd be like, okay, yeah. keep me going until whenever. Yeah. But if I'm having to spread out it across, yeah. and it just doesn't work for me because I'm like, by the time I get to say 11 and I'm trying to under, and I'm on the second thing, I'm like, this is just, yeah. why am I doing but One of the worst things within corporate culture is that um, um, when you just have to be there, just like that FaceTime. So there are some places where you literally cannot leave because mm. people need to see that you're there and you could have spent the whole day doing nothing. You would never dare get up at 5.30 to walk your ass home because there is that FaceTime culture, which I think is so abhorrent because it's just like, we need to, you just need to be here and you wouldn't dare want to leave at 5.30 when there's another person on your level who's there until like eight, just, you know, doing some random stuff just to show that they're there. And it's that it's that hierarchy that I don't like because at the end of the day, when you're really, really busy, you're there, you're working, you're putting those hours in. So when I'm not, are you gonna pay me any less or any more? Yeah. I don't, I don't understand. And I do think that I personally would like to see more like <laughs> satisfaction in work from a lot of people that I do feel like hating your job oh my God, like I've had a moment for like three months where I just hated something that I was doing and it crushed me. I was just so unhappy. I'd wake up unhappy, mm-hmm. sleep unhappy. And it's just, that is just a nightmare. Mm. And I, and like just hating Mondays yeah. must be horrific. I think it's a bit yourself, but Monday's a Monday. Like, like I get it to a point now, I'm like, well, Monday... I can hate Wednesday, I can hate Thursday, yeah. I can hate any of those days, but like, because every day is just rolling yeah. into another, I can't remember the days sometimes. <laughs> like but living for the weekend life is just, it's and just, I do feel like we just, we need to be inspired. I, just, I live for a break. That's what I live I for. I live for a spa break. I live for a day where I'm- Currently I'm so, I'm so excited for my holiday because yeah. I'm like- I haven't, been on, I haven't been on a plane in three years. I need to get- I need to get you on that plane. I need to get that money. So you can drink alcohol while the plane takes <laughs> this off. This is what we're doing. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, that, so that's Notes on a Nervous Planet. That's Notes on a Nervous Planet. Um, um, like, hey, tell us about all the sort of life things that are getting in the way yeah. of your nerves. <laughs> yeah. And stressing you out in ways in which we can help okay. change that. <laughs> all right. So... Um, <laughs> I'm laughing because now it's a, on, a li- on a lighter <laughs> note. Um, the, how have we got it? What I called it? The re-education the of re-education Miss Ray for a feek. All right. So as per, you've got four questions. Four? Oh, fine. Okay. I've got three. Do you? I've got, I've got, I've got four. I can do three. In the just school. do as many as you want. So, as many as I can get right. <laughs> this section, we, I'm just testing Ray on like a pop culture quiz because of the... Because I don't know nothing. And yeah. And... Um, <laughs> I'm nervous. Yeah, and it's typically between mid '90s, mid 2000s, and that whole that whole era of artists. And I've and told stuff. Alex I'm really rubbish. Mm-hmm. I've told you guys from last episode, so please like. Yeah. So okay. Be easy. So question number one. Yeah. What was the profession of dark skin Aunt Viv before she stopped working in the Fresh Prince of Bel Air series? So in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air series, what was the, her profession before she stopped working? <laughs> okay. Um, bearing in mind that I actually didn't watch the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air series, like in and out, I just seen parts. Shut up. I would say, I remember the first episode I watched, she was wearing like a suit. I think. 
think she was wearing a suit. Wait, did she even work? Clearly. Okay. Um, I would say she was maybe a lawyer and they met. Uh, I will say lawyer. Is that your final answer? Is that your final answer? <laughs> that is my final answer. Uh, oh, was she a secretary? No. Oh, fuck. She sake. was a professor um, of English. Wow. From what I recall. Yeah, she was a professor of English. That was hard, you know? Yeah, like... That was... it. That was... Yeah, you got it, you got it easy in the two episodes. Ago, okay, it's so fine. <laughs> these are going to be... These are going to really test your observation. I know. When you watch stuff. All right, number two. Okay. In, in Sister Act 2... Ah, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Sister Mary Clarence, joyful, joyful lady. Yeah, joyful, joyful. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Gave a copy of which book to Rita Louise Watson? Oh my God. Get your behind up here right now. Oh my God. <laughs> which, what book did Sister Mary Clarence give to Rita? Roll your eyes, Watson. Oh God. Oh my God. Okay. You are so evil. Has to be a black person's book. Has to be like a book about. Think about the context in which Rita Louise Watson was there. <laughs> oh, man. It's not Audrey Lord. It's not Bell Hooks. <laughs> Fiction? Mm. I want to say yeah. I can't. I can't. I don't know. Okay. So. Wait. Oh God, Raif. I. I don't know. Okay. So if you think, I mean, do you remember the film? I do vaguely. So do you remember when Sister Mary Clarence is, is talking to Rita on the on the street? Uh huh. She's like, don't roll your eyes at me. The ice capades were, were really cold. Working <laughs> the ice capades. Um, I'm gonna give you this book mm-hmm. by Raina Maria Rilke. Letters to a young uh, letters poet. to a young poet. If you wake up in the morning and you want to be a singer. It means you want to. It means you want to be a singer. If it's the last thing you think of before you go to bed, it's what you want to do. So when I watched this film like two weeks ago, <laughs> I was so annoyed. <laughs> so that sister was like, eh, eh. So that's oh two, wow! Oh my god! Okay. Um, you really went last week. I got comfortable. You did get comfortable. I told you it was going to get harder. I got comfortable. I Can we go back to level one? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. In P Diddy's making the band. Nah, I have, I've already failed. All I know, Danity Kane. That's all I know is Danity Kane. Can you name the two bands created from the series? Danity Kane. So you have one. <sighs> The other one. Um, oh my god! I don't think it's Pussycat Dolls. No. Is it? Meant the boys band. Yeah, it was a boys band. Boys band. Boys band. Danny Kane. Is that a one mark or half yeah, a mark? Give you one mark. One. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Making the band. Mm-hmm. Here I was going to be like, "Bitch, you kid." I was like, "No, they were there back before." Okay. Wow. You know what? It, it's um not Backstreet Boys. Oh my God, that's okay. for sure. Right. Um, so <laughs> that's the only band I know. In, Wait. 
Not boys to men. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I'm not going to let you go any further. Oh, my God. Okay, what is so it? The answer was day 26. I never, I would have never gotten that. Mm, yeah, I don't know who these people are. <laughs> Since you've been gone, I just can't seem to get right. You know when he made them run on the treadmill? When he, when he had um, uh, one of the guys... <laughs> He had a, made a grilled cheese. Right. And then he came in and he's like, why are you eating grilled cheese for? Run it, run that grilled cheese off. And he had the, and he stood there and watched the man right. run on the treadmill. <laughs> run for how many minutes it would burn the calories off. Oh, it was a trash series. But, my God. But it was so great for entertainment. So that's me. That's the re-education of Raifa. I want another question. The last one. one or to get to get half. Are you sure? Yeah, because I'm sorry. This was rude. Okay, cool. In Michael Jackson's... Oh my- <laughs> Do you remember the time video? Who co-starred in it? And extra points if you knew who directed it. You wanted this. I was going to leave you on a high with, with, with the one point. But you decided. All right. All right. Wow. So, do you remember the? Do you remember the? Do you remember the time video? Okay, it's not Mariah Carey. Oh no! It's not Whitney Houston. So Brandy. If I give you the context of the video, actually. Okay. So wow. He's in. He's in a. I he's, might he's go in the, listen. He's in the Pharaoh Palace. Oh! Oh! And he's dancing. Yeah. Oh! Oh! She's Somali looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who is she? Not Iman. 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 Yes, she's married to that guy who died. David yes, Bowie. David. <laughs> I know that video. Yes. Yes. And who else was in it? Who was the pharaoh? Oh, okay. Shit. Do I know them? Yeah. Okay. Raifa, come on, man. Do not disgrace your family. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Iman, I see Michael so vividly in that video. And the pharaoh, why am I thinking Missy Elliott? What's wrong with you? I don't know. Um, Do you remember the time? Pharaoh, as it's a guy. It's a a guy. (gasps) Is it Eddie Murphy? Yes. Oh my God, finally. Yes, yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, well, I really had to think about that, you know. I was like, all right, I think I know this video. Let me go back. Who okay. was in it? So that's one point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you got two points out of the four. If you, you probably, yeah, it'd be a stretch to figure out if you knew who directed it. Um, Spike Lee. <laughs> nope. He died recently though. Yeah. The oh. The director. <gasps> oh, the guy who did Boys, um, back, Boys, in, Boys the, in the Hood. Yeah. John Singleton. Yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace. I ate a You're not too. But yeah, it's, yeah, you're pretty terrible. Good Actually, good it's the letter to so young poet one that burns. <laughs> That's the one that burns. Wow. Yes. All right. The re-education of Miss Ray for Rafiq is up today. I've learned that Aunt Viv was an English professor. Yeah. I've learned that. Sister Act 2. Sister Act 2. Raina Maria Wilke. That's right. That's a, that was a really great question, you know, mm. putting the, the culture with the books. Yeah, man, you need to know. That, that was really good. And then making the band. Making, 
No, you know what? I don't, that information, I don't even want to keep it in my head. I don't care who day 26 oh, are. You need to watch the video when you're <laughs> It's hilarious. It's so bad. It could not work today if that was ever to be on So did they, did they only have Dynasty Kane and day 26? From what I remember, I don't know if there were any others. There might have been, but I probably would yeah. just start watching it after as, what, as you grow older. And just... What I used to watch is that show about making the Pussycat Dolls. Oh, I never so watched They them. used to be the show and one of the girls, whoever wins, gets to be an additional member of the Pussycat Dolls. Oh, I think I do. Yeah, and Nicole Scherzinger was yes. involved in the whole yeah. process. Yeah. Um, it, I loved that show. That It was amazing. Yeah. Um, so that's what I was watching. But yeah, thank you so much for all this knowledge. Um, <laughs> Alrighty. Day 26, you know. Let's go on. So, well sleep. Okay. What are you watching? Um, at the minute, um, yeah. I'm watching, oh, I'm watching, I watched uh, Brene Brown's Call to Courage. Oh, you Netflix. said you were going to yeah. watch that. Yeah. How was it? Yeah. Those of you who don't know who Brene Brown is, um, she is a, she's an academic, she's a researcher, um, scientist. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, working in like sociology, anthropological sphere, I would say. Okay. Um, and she basically studies shame and studies courage and she did and she blew up oh, wow. she blew up in 2010 when she did a um, TED talk on co- shame on courage on vulnerability and uh, since then she's she's written best-selling books mm. she's written a ton of uh, research she's done a ton of talks she's been on so many different podcasts and had so many interviews um, and she's just a humble she's a humble white lady from, from Texas <laughs> Oh, bless her cotton socks. So amazing. Like, um, but yeah, so she basically has um, this TED talk, the TED talk, she has this Netflix special uh, where she's she's just talking about uh, the courage to be vulnerable and what that means and what it takes to be vulnerable in a community and in a society, especially when you're in a relationship, in a marriage or all these different things. And the thing is, she's very anecdotal. So she talks a very frankly about like her husband and her kids and her flaws and his flaws mm-hmm. and how they kind of like move to the next stage of it um what failure looks like why is it okay to fail all these different things like if you're she said this thing was it her that said it she was like if you're gonna embark in a, in a vulnerable life mm-hmm. in a life where you're persistently putting that vulnerability and being able to be so you're gonna fail and they're like, and she's like, people try to like rehash what she's saying and say, you know, you may meet failure. She's like, no, you are going to fail. Mm. It's about it's what you do to the ne- to get over that and get to the next bit. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think that she's an amazing person. Um, I like that. Spent 20, Having spent, courage and She spent twenty years studying courage, and like, um, and you know, she does. She goes and does talks, mm-hmm. and I think she even relays back into the Netflix um, special. She's like. She just talks to, she did talk to like companies and stuff. She yeah. does all those things. She does workshops and leadership and all that stuff. And they were like, Oh, um Oh, you're gonna come and talk about like, you know, um asset management and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. she's like, I'm not gonna talk about that because yeah. why would I talk about that when I'm talking about when you if you as leaders if you as leaders don't know how to be vulnerable, then you're not gonna get the results you want mm-hmm. in the company that you're kind of yeah. you're leading and you're yeah. pushing. So she's kind of pushing that way. And the TED talk that she did that blew up, she didn't even she was gonna um, do something else before the day before, and then the day before she literally was like, "I'm changing it to this." Mm. Husband's like, "Why?" And she's like, "Well, it's just this is what's uh, it's just on my heart. It's what yeah. I do." And um, 
yeah, I just say people just go watch it, man, um, and listen to read her books. I've read I've read Daring Greatly, um, and she um, and you know she's done this talk about trust, um, mm. and I think I yeah, she kind of rehashed my whole perspective on what trust means and how it how it can kind of how it's formed. Um, yeah, go watch her. She's nice. such a, she's such a great storyteller. Like yeah. you feel like she's just. I love vulnerability now. You know when someone just looks like they smell like Dove soap and and just <laughs> like you know, like like, you know when just someone just smells like. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that. I like I the like idea of courage and vulnerability. I used to hate, hate being vulnerable. You couldn't pay me. You couldn't pay me to be vulnerable. And now I'm just like, Mr. John, let me cry. Mm. I want to cry. There you go. Or I feel, I feel yeah. sad, and I'm a here it is because because yeah. before it used to be like I thought if I was vulnerable, you you can take something from me and I can never get it back. Like I used to think if I'm vulnerable towards anybody, then they have one up me or they have something over me. And that's, and that's not true vulnerability. Yeah, but now that's, I'm just like- Remember, you have to remember it's the whole, okay. I'd say you have to remember like you've, like you've followed her. But like <laughs> she basically talks about, before we go on to the next thing, she basically talks about, you know, the, the idea of vulnerability and shame. Mm. So they kind of work hand in hand. Because yeah. If you're, the shame creeps in when you feel like when you feel like you've been too vulnerable. Yeah. You see, and oh, let me reel it back and, in. And, and having too much shame means that you have a lot of pride, and you have a lot of pride, and you yeah. can't be vulnerable. So yeah. it's, a, it's this whole thing that yeah. goes around. I'll tell you, just yeah, watch it, read her, do whatever. Um, she's great. Fantastic. She's my people. I am not really watching anything. Uh, oh. I'm also watching Kim's Convenience on Netflix. What's Kim's Convenience? Kim's Convenience is like, it's a set in Canada. It's, it's centered around a Korean family in their convenience store. Right. And it is one of the best pieces of TV that I've seen. Really? That's yeah, a big statement. No, 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 no. Like just because it's like, number one, because they're Korean. It's a Korean family. And you get to, you get to, you get, I get an insight into their kind of like world. Their world. They're, yeah. They're Christians. Yeah. They're all these different things. Like, and it's so funny because you see all these contests typically in a black family. Mm. And you can see that being a black family. Yeah. Or you can see, you know what I mean? And it's just really funny. Um, it's just nice to watch. It's just a nice, you know, they're kind of, they're, they're Korean. They live in Canada. Their kids are trying to like, are very Western and, oh, okay, and their yeah. parents, but they are, but, but then their kind of parents are, they're straight from Korea. Oh, like, not like fresh, fresh, but they've been there for like, what, 20 years or yeah. whatever. They still have the accents and stuff, but they're Korean values, but then they are Westernized in mm. themselves. So oh, that sounds it's nice. A, it's like, it's like a, it's like a, it's is it like a 20 minute thing or a 40 minute 20 thing? 20 minute thing. Like little, oh, that's little nice. TV series. Like yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Really cool little thing. I like that. Yeah. I think I might check it out. Yeah. Fantastic. So are we going to throw it out? Yes. Let's throw it out. Dun, dun, dun. So episode four of Game of Thrones this week. So we enter, we enter after the, the. Night King. <laughs> the battle for Winterfell. The battle for Winterfell. Shout out Arya. I am so, I am so, so sorry. <laughs> I am so sorry for cussing you and saying that you should die. You <laughs> saved us all. You are the hero of Westeros. <laughs> Westeros. <laughs> you know, and then, um. Yeah, so we enter and then John's like, like obviously doing the speech and they will say goodbye. So Daenerys is saying goodbye to Jorah Mormon and um, our, like John saying goodbye to... Yeah, all of them. Fionn, and, no, no, Sansa saying goodbye to Fionn. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're all saying goodbye and then they set them alive because they have to get rid of the bodies and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. That's what they do in the, in the North, whatever. Mm-hmm. However, 
mm-hmm. now, now everyone's that, now, now, celebrating. Now, now, now everyone's celebrating, and now the Night King is gone. Now, like it's everyone's turning their face and their time and their head and their attention to the to Iron King's, Throne, to King's Landing. Yeah, it's like now we need to get sassy because <laughs> like, like the threat from the north is done. Like yeah. what we're we doing. Um, very interesting episode. I think that it wasn't obviously it wasn't as dramatic. It wasn't whatever. It mm-hmm. was. It had a lot of like. It was, it, was, it was a very it was a, it was a, I think it was a bridging episode like it was quite building people say that but I think it wasn't like for me this was a typical Game of Thrones episode this is the, the type of episode that we have had since the beginning of Game of Thrones okay. before the big wars for me like obviously this episode they're all making their way and trying to strategize to for Daenerys to take the Iron Throne mm-hmm. however this this episode was so political in my eyes because we see her seeing the Northmen and people love John. We see Sansa just disliking, you know, um, Danny. Danny feeling vulnerability at the fact that, well, people have looked at me. She even said, like, people have looked at me the way that these people look at you, John, as their king, which is why I don't need, I don't want them to know that you are the rightful heir because it doesn't matter whether you want to be king or not. It's not about that. It's about other people wanting you. You mm. bear, you are bending the knee to me now, but, but the thing is, the, the people uh, won't want you to my, do that. My thing is, though, she needs to really come off her pride and basically, I'm basically looking at it and be, because the thing is, it, for me personally, I'm looking at it like you've got your two target, like you got to look at how serendipitous this is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the whole, like Robert Baratheon tried to slay off your, like slay off your whole family. Like, you know what I mean? Like created this whole problem, mm-hmm. literally created this whole problem because of Leanna Stark and all that stuff. Yeah. Created this whole problem because of Leanna Stark. You're, you know, you were cast out one way. John was in a bastard in this way. You were both Targaryens. You're both lost. Like you're both your parents are not there, etc. You come together now at this point can you like the power of having two Targaryens back on the throne like you know how cyclical that is it's like saying it's like you know you've done everything like you've done everything to keep us from getting to the throne now we're now Targaryens are back on the throne but your pride is goes ahead of your family and this is why John is conflicted because no, I don't even think it's pride I think she's just a queen she's a queen but she doesn't have her family in mind she has the fact that she wants to be queen in mind but she doesn't have a family that's what I'm saying like John John is not her family in that they didn't grow up as family or anything they're the same but they have but you know that, that and also Targaryens can interbreed but the, yeah. the North people yeah. he wouldn't he wouldn't yeah no that's the thing that's what I mean but yeah. like so but he can he can tap into him being a Targaryen and a Stark mm-hmm. right so therefore he can have the whole of the he can have the whole of Westeros connected he could you so you've got to look for me I feel like you've got to look at the wider picture both of them can sit on the throne like both of them can. It's actually impossible. No, no, no. Both of them can rule. The both of them can rule as king and queen. Yeah. And you know what I mean. And it would just. They'd be, be like, married. They'd have to marry. Yeah. That's what like Tyrion. They would have to marry. Yeah, like, like Tyrion. But thing is, like he even said, like Targaryen she's child, not. And then the and you know what I mean. And they will be the heir to the Iron Throne. And it's like it makes sense because they're both. Heirs it, to yeah, the I throne. totally be like for me that is what I want, but it's too sticky for me. The one thing that I hated in this episode, not hated, but I was so pissed off that is that they've really gone with the whole storyline of her being the Mad Queen. And I find it so ridiculous and cheap in a way because bearing in mind, she's just lost Jorah. And and I love that. I love it. The guy, my guy, Tyrion, said the words. He goes, she's, he's like, Varys said something to him, you know, oh, she's acting in this kind of way. And then he said, 
as every monarch has ever acted in the history of monarchs. Because we are expecting her to, what, not be mad at the fact that some they've just yeah, killed Miss Sunday. They've, yeah, yeah. you want mercy on a people, cool, but Cersei uh, don't give a shit about yeah, these people. But you actually, but you also have to remember- a lot of them. But you have to remember, you got to also remember that you expect somebody to be different. And this is the point. We're at the point like, are we going to, are we, as if I mean Western, <laughs> are they going to learn about the, about, are they going to learn from all the history of the monarchs that have, been, that have ever been in Westeros up until this point? Or are they going to perpetuate and continue the, the same thing? I don't even think she's going to perpetuate it though, because she, because Danny, remember, Danny remember, is good. You can't remember, you also have to remember that she's going into King's Landing. She's not, the, she's a foreigner yeah. going into King's Landing. Mm. She can't, you know, she is a foreigner going into King's Landing. She can't. Not really, but yeah. She is, because the thing is, they're going to be like, well, all we've known is that the people can be like, we've known the Lannisters, we've known the Baratheons, mm. we know X, Y, and Z. Like, who does, like, who, like, who she, like, where I she don't know, because the Targaryens do have, still have allies. Okay. So that's yeah. my issue. Yeah. But, but I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't like the way that they're painting or like the they, writers mm. are, are doing Danny. Because mm. I'm like, she's much better than this, and you know this. I feel like she could, I feel like they should really learn from. That's what I'm like, nah. And also, Danny has always, like, in the past, with the, the way that she's ruled in the past, like, with Yunkai, Marine, Astapor, all them and there, that's why I'm really pissed off at the writers, because I'm like, this is so out of Danny's character, mm. because she has a track record of it. It is out of her character. So why are you writing her in this way? Mm. Well, I mean, we know why. You want to get rid of her really quickly so that you can have a, an actual, like, ending, like, that is clean cut, of course. Or oh, look at it, it's, you know... Jon Snow, when we see the two kingmakers plotting and planning, plotting and planning, Tyrion and Varys, who I love, by the way, I just, every time they king make, I just, I salivate because I'm like, this, this is the politics that I love about Game of Thrones. Um, and when they were talking there, like in the, in the episode, they were talking there today, when they, they were talking in the episode about who is better off, king and queen, should they marry? Well, you know, da, da, da. That was amazing. But it was just annoying because I'm like, I like the show is basically trying to pivot it so John is, you know, the rightful king. Well, there. You know, but I'm just the a bit like, like they mm. they on us all the time. You know, they'll lead us down one path and then boom. I know, you never, but I'm like, you, they're, they're really doing <laughs> Danny dirty because she has never been. She's always been about the people. So when I look at it, well, she's actually it. always been about people. So I'm just like, wait, this is no. this is it. This is a shift to me that is just, um, it's not it. Even with the slavers bay, like she, she, there was a point where she literally didn't even go into the land. She went, they went underground as slaves, the Dothraki, and freed people so that they can come outside or whatever. Do you know what I mean? But obviously, this is even in like marine there was a different strategy so i'm like mm. danny would never take a dragon and be like dracarys a lot of them and they've what they've used are these pinpoints of of anger like um well, misandai jora and i'm just like but what you're saying is like you're saying that, that that doesn't make sense then because it makes absolute sense no it, it doesn't make, it because she's sense. lost she people she before has, she has lost people but she's, she's lost her husband mate she didn't go about moving the madness she have any power then 
She has a husband. When she lost her husband, she only had the Dothraki. She had, she had, no, she, but she had you, power. She was a Khaleesi. You have to remember, at that time, you have to remember, like, at, that, at the space where she is now, post the Battle of Winterfell, post all of that stuff, she's here. Like, she's just... But she, she's, Loki, she's, she doesn't she's, really have but, power now. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. So she's going to try and assert it in whatever way she can. And Oh, I, sorry, I, that's I, it, I, sorry. As, sorry um, as they say, like, as, as, that's what they said, I, as with any other monarch before. And that's what I mean. Like, when Sansa said... Let's not bring the let's not take the people down because you need to rest. I swear, everybody. Now, and she's like, no, yeah, that was that was stupid. That was very stupid. Stupid and, as hell. This is what I'm saying. And but, but she's she, but she, she's, she, but she would have, she's on edge now. She's, she's on literally edge. on edge. She's on edge because she knows that Johnny is X, Y, and Z. She's on edge again because yeah. Sansa doesn't like her. She's on. Edge oh, but you know, Sansa don't really but, know. But, but Sansa's like. But, 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 but that talk between but, Sansa and Tyrion was true. It was like, but, why don't you like her? And Danny was right. She's like, she's seen too much. Of course, she's going to be distrustful. Yeah, but if you are. Going, if you're talking about you want to be a queen mm. and you're a queen and this stuff and you want to you know run the land and you want to do all of that so you have to think outside outside of what what, you what would you like her to do please because I, I don't know <laughs> no, no, what everybody expects of that no 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 like at that time when they're saying when she's like you know let's we, rest we up so that. literally just had a war let's rest up yeah. let's do anything you're like is then like what, Ray, is it Rhaegar or Rhaegar the, the, um, the dragon Rhaegar yeah Rhaegar Rhaegar's got a hole in his wing like and he's flying down to King's Landing. I love the when she'll just look at him like, "Oh, you're getting better," and then obviously, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you've got man got taken down by you Rhaegar. You run, you know. You run, you know. Whole pussy boy, taking on big, but big Rhaegar. You know what I mean? But like, you got, you got like you got Rhaegar, and he's got, already got a hole in his wing. But you got to look at it and you think to yourself, like, you, you took your pride so far ahead of everything else. It's, so, it's it, it wasn't you're, pride. It was pride because you're in a room where everybody is saying is like is has a perspective, and you got to be like. And you want to be queen, but you're going to defy them anyway and go down. And no, go down it's there not that. And because should somebody, I think that you're not looking at the alternatives, right? Because it's just no. It's just that even with the waiting, do you know how much shit happens in waiting? In that Sansa would have done something, the secret would have come out, people would have done, would have risen up, and and there she's there sitting in a foreign land, bloody cold with her army, and her, her wounded dragon, and it will just been mess. I'm telling you. I did think she weighed it up and she took the decision that was, it, I want to make change now. It all boils down. It was stupid, it in all, my opinion, because all, I would have told her, sis, wait, wait but obviously just burn anyone that defies you in the process. It all boils down to her not wanting anybody to know about John. That's what it boils down to, because if she was cool with that, she would be like, no, but she she should be worried about John because no, no, what no. she said is true. People no, will rise no, no, and want no, him to be fine, ruler. It's yeah, fine, but they will want him to be ruler. But you deal with that. Also, Sansa is such a little snake. My, my man told you, I swear, and you're doing like swear. She's like, yeah, I swear. I always do. I was like, Sansa, Sansa. I mean, me too. I would have done the same thing because Loki, that's my brother, and he's the rightful heir. Sansa, but Sansa was stressed though. She's no, like, not she's even like, stressed. She's like, she's pissed. She's like, one second, <laughs> hold up. Because you gotta think. You, uh, no, also think, Sansa like, is literally Cersei. I feel like Sansa is Cersei. I feel like what people don't she really has been reared. I, I, yeah, tell me. I don't feel like people don't really understand that Sansa is going through some things, and I'm going through <laughs> some things. Yeah, and you got to look at it. And she's like, like she's self-preservation she, she, queen. She's self-preservation. She has to make sure that she, everything. Her family's she, cool. Her she will cool. never be in a space of defense. She will always want to attack yeah, before. Yeah, she basically listen. She, she's got to make sure that all of this happens. Then the brother that you thought was your brother is your cousin now. Uh huh. But has been 
under has been you've got to look at how you've Thing is, because remember, Santa's growth from the from episode one. Oh, like, oh never, my god! Did you see that little part between yeah, yeah, him been, and um, the Hound? I'm not a little bird anymore. And she was yeah, like, yeah. oh, he was like, oh, you know, you should have come with me. Exactly. Da, da, da. And then she's it like, you know like what? I needed all of these to be, to not to not to, to have grown up. And I said, not, yes, yeah, yeah. bitch, yeah, yes. And that's what she needed. And that's what she yeah. needed. But you have to remember, like, she was a little brat, so she probably was like. Like treating John craply, like yeah, of course, yeah, exactly. Now she's dealing. You got to think that, like they're both now that everybody's dealing with this information. They're like shit. Yeah. John's also thinking shit. Like I was important my whole life, but mm. nobody even. I do me. think John actually wants the throne. Of course he does. But, uh, but I think, and I think he'd be a great ruler. I think he'll be a great ruler. Yeah. He might but, be a little bit of a pussy, but you know, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But that's why he would need Daenerys. Daenerys would be, Daenerys would be like on crud. Like da- what? Daenerys What's up? Like we need. Like we need yeah, I do one. think that is the final thing they need to. Do just marry that's what I'm saying they would need to marry they and that's need to I mean. marry and, like, and but, Don needs to but, get over but, his because she's so and because he loves her and he's like bent the knee to her he's basically in a place where he's like alright I'm gonna be loyal to you yeah but this is a weird way to do it kind of thing and, he, and he's, he's gonna be holding back and he did pull away one thing he pulled away from her like when they were like in the room and I was like babe I'm, it's weird I know but not really because ugh, no he, he thinks to himself, like they're not they're, they're blood nephew auntie but, but they're matter. the same age like you're the same age, the same age. Like, you've, you've literally done the deeds like before like and no what, what of it like no, no one cares, cares. Like, no one cares you know what you I mean you didn't know each other like literally you could have you met yesterday. You, you, you met. You met yesterday. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, how many people have just met and then didn't realize that they were brother and sister? Loads. And you're not even brother and sister though. Like, you're nephew and aunt. Like, low key, you have some separation. And yeah, I do think like, that will be a great not, ending. But it's not even a generational separation. It's literally. I don't even know why they're the same age, but it is what it has to be. Hmm. Everybody was moving mad in that family. I don't know, but there we go. It's like, a bit mad still. But anyway, but. If we look at Jamie Lannister and um, Serbia, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I have been hoodwinked, bamboozled. She, she, she could have been. She could have been. She would. She should have just gone with the wild. You know what, girl? She should have gone with Tormund. You had to learn. We all been there. Yeah, but she had to. But like, you know what I mean? She you, had to. We've been there. Okay, but, so let me tell you something. I do think. She needed to learn. Tyrion loves backing people into corners. I hate him sometimes. Oh, wait, wait, he was like, you you ain't slept with a man. Like, you a virgin. Like, you're a virgin. And she's like, mm-hmm. And he's like, <laughs> she's like, I need to like, piss. He's like, he's like, a man over me. <laughs> Tyrion is a little bitch. Yeah. He's a little bitch. But, so, so, so <laughs> I, basically, but, I, but I love the way that he set it up. He it was, was like, nice. Screw. I love when he because I love when he gets realizations. That when he with the way with that like, Brienne looks at Jamie, yeah. So basically, guys, let me tell you about this this these stupid people, yeah. <laughs> so Jamie, obviously, he's a guy in it, so he, he's just gonna be trash. He's always had this connection with Brienne of Tar since season two. Mm. And I was like, oh, I like it, you know, because I love Jamie in that he he has a he he's a morally great person and you see his growth from being a douche but he still loved his younger brother even though nobody loved him he had some goodness in him and obviously there's always been this tension between him and Brienne and I've always shipped it yeah I should have known better um so when my man oh you're in war now you want to you know be like oh let me take off your shirt or whatever the next day okay well a few you know days later you really come to in the middle of the night to get up to to go and defend your sister. I think it makes sense. It makes sense. When he was reeling off the people he has killed in the name of Cersei and love, 
everybody that has been, he's like, I don't care. I would do it all for Cersei. He has he has a mind and a rationale to be like actually Cersei pause we're gonna be killed if we I don't fight all of this off now that's done let me go back to my bitch mm-hmm. do you know what I mean and uh, Brianne yeah I took it off to the game man you really fucked up but you know what it's fine it was your first took it off to the game sis like what can you actually do at this point come to do I see goodness in you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, in a way, like, yeah, it's it's a heartbreaking moment, but yeah, you got got, sis. You got got. Do you know what I mean? You let the sauce get to you, and that's cool. Twice. Twice. You you let the sauce get to you. And yeah, like, he, you defended my man because you know what? He is good, and there is goodness in Jamie, but he has chosen Cersei. Do you know know he wouldn't have left her? Torment, yeah. torment, and this is what I tweeted today. Yeah, I said, you know what? Sometimes, as a woman, you're faced with choices, isn't it? You're faced with sometimes the sweet, transparent, clear, sometimes a bit dumb choice <laughs> is is much sweeter than the the alluring, frightening, exciting mm. thing that is shrouded in mystery. Mm. Jo- get your ass. <laughs> Come, you're in a robe, you know, in the middle of Winterfell. You're in a big, big little robe. Talking to a one-handed man, talking about I see goodness in you. It's cold, it's freezing. And I just thought that was like, good sis, you got got, but check it out to the you game. Got, you, got, got. you know, like, um, check it out to the game. You are Brienne, Sir Brienne of Tarth, yeah? You are Brienne the beauty. At one point, for like, you know, when the world was ending, you had all the honeys. Mm. <laughs> you know? True. The world was ending, you had all the honeys. Do you know what I mean? Nobody had the honeys but you. So listen, good sis. But you know, Jamie actually bamboozled me because yeah, I genuinely I like, love Jamie. So I'm like, it's either he's going to actually kill his sister and he's going to be facing that moral dilemma. We have to see. Yeah. Or he's going to go and protect her. But from what? People have, are you... Are you so many houses have united you know, against us. You know do you know these people here? They love, they love they love running up and down the country like it like it's close and everything. This is what I'm saying. They're like, oh, I'm going to King's Landing. You're in Winter. All of a sudden, <laughs> I know. It's to the King's Road the, all the way. All down. the way. And you know what? It's only in see episode two of season episode two three of season one that we realize how damn long the long the King's Road is. Oh so you're just hopping up without any apply, like supplies. We know the road is dangerous, right? But then two two, you're just arriving at King's Landing, like it was right? Like, like it was just saying, and this is why, like, yeah, three four. Yeah, I think it's weeks. Yeah. So, and this is why, like, timing on these, um, the last two seasons have been very off. Yeah. I can understand Danny getting there quicker because obviously dragons, cool. But you, you on your stupid horse, are you okay? Mm. Naji? That's true. You better take time. What do you think about, okay, so the, 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 some of the lighter bits of the, the episode then, I did, I did like what she did for Gendry, even if it was for, like, self-preservation. Gendry, oh, that was Gendry, so, Gendry. like, yeah, that was yeah. so. That was good because he's just like, I don't even know. I don't even know him. Yeah. Or Mama. <laughs> we want to be Lord of Stones. Yeah. Then, that's fine. It makes sense. Um, it makes sense. And also, it was nice. But also, that was very strategic. Yeah, that was very strategic. Yeah. And everybody's out here celebrating, but Arya's practicing her shots. Oh, this is what I mean. You guys are. You guys are out here. I love Arya. Crazy. Yeah. And now she's, I do. She's. she's, she's you know, now I know she has purpose. You know, she's practicing her shots. She's doing everything. Gendry comes to do. Oh, you know, I'm Lord of Storm. Blah 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 blah. You know, I want you. To, can you be the Lady of Winterfell? I love you after I'm like, like wow so yeah storms and I was like wait first of all yeah this is how I know Aya is packing it in first 
time sis next day man is come to propose are you dumb congratulations sis you got that good good <laughs> you got a good good and i love that i was just like mm, thank you but no thank you you know like i'm not a lady, not a lady never, been, never been that's just not my spec that's just not who i am yeah. but <laughs> cute <laughs> Thank she you. was like, you know what? At the end of the day, um, I'm nobody's wife. Um, <laughs> Thank you. You guys are all drinking. I'm yeah. passing my shots. He goes, oh, people so, are celebrating. Uh, so am I. Um, you know, you, you know, like, you know, Daenerys can you know, raise a glass to me all she wants. <laughs> I ain't gonna be there. I still don't love her. I still don't yeah. trust her. I still don't know who she is. Um, so we, we don't know who they we, are. We We're northerners. We don't, we don't know her. I don't trust anybody blonde. It's just <laughs> not what's happening right now. And then the duo are back though. The Hound and Arya and the end they and I'm like, hey, I love that duo. Because now she's a big woman. She, yeah, she can say she's a, in 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 the scope of everything. She's killed. She's made love. She's whatever. She's done it all. She's, she's like, you're right. Let's go down. Yeah, let's go down and do this. Is that all? So are you gonna leave me if I die? She's like, yeah, I probably will. I don't know. Probably. Yeah. I love them. I Just think they're it. cute. They're jokes. But, um, but yeah, I think that... Um, Did you see that clip when um, Amelia, who plays Danny, was like, yeah, episode five is gonna is the one that's just mad. Everything is... Every, every episode, every next episode is the one that's mad. I know. She was like, but I think four. this one, this yeah. one might, you know, the next one is just going to be, obviously it's the war, isn't it? Mm. The war to take... Winter, to win, King's, King's, Landing. King's Landing. Yeah. And when, when, um, when Tyrion, I love Tyrion, yeah, but every day, compassion. When, when Tyrion was trying to- To bring speech. To, to, to Cersei. I was like, Tyrion, why are you speaking? I mean, low key, I, there was a point where she, um, she started, there was a little tear there, come to do shaka, 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 shaka. Okay. She was like, what's this? She was like, flick. <laughs> okay. Oh, yo, a moment of silence, five seconds. R.I.P. Miss Sunday. <laughs> R.I.P. To a she, real one, she, a real G. She, she sat there and she said, Daenerys, Dracarys. Slap but these the, bitches up. You're taking too Light long. them. She's like, light it up. Light it up. Light it up. She didn't come to do, you know, I love you, Grey Worm. Like, She's like, you, me and you, we know what's up. I thought she could. I knew she was going to say something like, she was, I, I thought say, she would say, Valar, like, yeah. Yeah, Valar, like, yeah. Mogolos, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought she was going to say that, but she was, and there was a quote, somebody was like, she won't go to that because we are not men, innit? Mm. She said, Dracarys. Yeah, she said, team. burn all of them. Yeah. All of them. They got to go, you know what? I'm up for it. I'm really here for Danny to come on smoke because I've had enough of the writers. So I'm just like, you know what? Yeah. Everyone has to go. Mm. Talking about, oh, these are the same people that you've come here to protect. Nah, G, you know? <laughs> like, what's up? Yeah. And, oh. and Euron actually making the connection that you know she's like Tyrion knew that she was pregnant. So how did how did that work? Um, no, Tyrion knew she was pregnant. Tyrion knew she was pregnant, but now Euron he just told Euron like all of an hour before. Oh, did, did he? I didn't see that little bit. You remember she's like, oh, he's like, oh, my, the baby in me that like, you created. Was Euron there? Yeah, Euron. Like, after he shut down the dragon, he mm. came and said, he, he oh came yeah, to her and he was like, oh, did it? She's like, oh, tell me about the baby. Like, yeah, yeah. And she was, he was like. Oh, like that's when he's like, yes, yeah. I've impregnated you. I loved like, it. I loved it. He's that, so um, slimy. He reminds me of he, urine. He just, ugh. yeah, that's it. That's like, it. Just, urine, just, yeah. And I love that oh, every day, Cersei telling people that they are the father of your child when they're not. Where she was like, yeah, where our king, our son, will. and I was just like, wait. When he finds out it's Jamie, when he finds out that he's not, there's probably not even a baby there. Whatever. Oh, there's a baby there. Yeah, but when he finds out it's Jamie, it's gonna be peak, isn't it? I really, <laughs> I want Sansa to go back down to. I, I want her to go back to King's, King's Landing, Landing, but obviously I don't think she ever will, man. 
She's literally like, I am not leaving Winterfell. Yeah, because she can't, there's no point in her leaving Winterfell. They've yeah, she's had, the lady of Winterfell. Two, they've had too many people come and go, come yeah. and go, come and go. When, when, thing is, when she she's said though. chilling there with Bran, getting all the information, get the tea. <laughs> getting all the tea, past, future. <laughs> That's why I'm like, why is nobody utilizing Bran, please? I'll just be like, all right, so. Bran was hilarious. What I want to know is, can Bran, we go back in time to. Bran was hilarious. He was basically, he, 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 he spins everybody with their own choice. He's like, <laughs> like, John was like, what are these like? It's your choice. It's your choice. Yeah. And then look at him. Tyrion was like, I'm so jealous of you because why? I'm mostly living in the past. And I'm just like, what the fuck? What's wrong with you? Like, get it together. What's wrong with you? Like, I love this wheelchair. You know, they made it for the Targaryen. Yeah. He was crippled. Yeah. I like I like this design. I'm like, bitch, are you up? This is what I mean. Can you imagine being so carefree? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and having access to all the knowledge in the world. I'd but be so carefree. I would be utilizing. My guy just knew like, he was never going to die. Fat- I could, my, he knew he was never going to die. Can you just imagine? He's like, <laughs> but he knows that he couldn't tell anybody, you know? Exactly. He's like, so no. he just had to be there, like, look at, look right, oh yeah, this is the knife that you're going to use. He's going to look at the Night King in his face. He'll be like, what's up? Oh, innocent. <laughs> hey. <laughs> you thought. No. Um, oh, wait, look, that's my sister. Okay, we'll deal with that first. And then we'll, and we'll go. Come oh, on. man. I don't, know, I don't know what the Night King would have done with him. But anyway. Just kill the mess. Yeah. He holds the memory of time. Yeah. Um, but yes, that was Game of Thrones. RIP to all the real ones. RIP Rhaegal. This is how I know John's going to die because Sansa said right at the end, well, near the end anyway, um, Northmen don't do well in the South. And it's true because I think Catelyn said that as well. <laughs> what, what happened? Because they're noble. What happened? Because they're noble. They're noble men. They don't, they don't survive. And then Rhaegal dies, gets shot. Rhaegal is John's like... John's dragon, isn't it? Mm. Namesake of his father. Mm. John is dying. Okay. But, he, but is, John a, is John a Northman? He's both. That's what I'm saying. So he's 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 a North North, it, like the real North. He's up there. He's, he's he's up there. No, he is. He's a Stark and he's a Targaryen, mm. and that it makes sense. Mm. He's a South. He's a dragon born, and he's he's from the North. He's a wolf, yeah. Yeah. So, fam. So um, peak. What do you think if there's a theory about, or D-Ray's theory is that Arya's going to go in there and just get out of everybody and just say, listen, all the seven kingdoms are going to be... They're going to make some... Kingdoms and then have a council of people. From the different houses. I think yeah. that'll be cool. Um, that would make so much sense. It'll make sense. Water of the East, Water of the North, West, yeah. and the Central thing. It makes sense. And then, no, I think it makes sense, but... Phew. But you have the Privy Council who normally are like that, but just not from different areas because normally the Privy Council will be mm. members from the noble families. Um, cute, but Loki, I really want to see my babe on the throne. I've been through so much with Danny. I'm sorry. I just feel like everyone forgets how we, I've been that with Danny since 10 years ago, yo. I've been watching this show for 10 years. I'm just like, you people are really pissing me off because you've really forgotten you've really forgotten where we've been through with this chick mm. for you for her to just come here and you're just moving mad time about you know fighting the thing that you've always been tempted to, you know the mad coin you know how when a Targaryen is born the gods flip a coin I'm like Danny was not the mad one never was that was Viserion don't chat shit yeah, Viserion was crazy mad he was actually just just something wasn't he was, right he was out of it but, and, and also these people have been making our sis mad. You yeah, just he, lost he, her baby. That's where he only lost it once. Okay. Episodes. You're calling her the mad king, the mad queen. Mm. Bitch, Cersei blew up all her ops <laughs> in one space. Plot twist, she's a Targaryen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> blew up everything anyways. The people that should be live, basically my people are Tyr- the Kingmakers, Tyrion, Var- Varys, yeah. Danny, 
I love John in it. That's my baby. He's my conscious. He's my baby. Mm. But yeah. Okay, cool. But, so that's anyway. So we're going to see what's happening in episode five. Um, um, George R. R. Martin's already announced that there's going to be a spin-off um, in the works. There's three spin-offs in development and there's one that's closest. And he said, you need to start reading that book. Oh, Fire and Blood. That's what it's going to be based on. Fire and Blood though is like, like a, a, thousand, his, a thousand years before. A thousand years. Event. And then there is another one, which is the Age of Heroes mm. that I think was announced a few months yeah, back. So but there's going to be, there's going to be in development. Yeah. That's going to be amazing. Age of Heroes is going to be, I think, great because that's when we get to meet like Land the Clever, who was um, one of the, the founders of the Lannister House, yeah. brand builder. I think that's going to be awesome because yeah. oh, the wars before my character in D&D is called Visenya, who was um, one of the uh, Targaryen princesses oh, who like okay. rode one of the dragons. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool, yeah. cool. Alrighty, so that's it for Mostly Lit this week. Um, do you have any shout outs, announcements that you need to do? Nah, do you? Yeah, um, okay, yeah, but like, yeah, What Matters is back. Um, oh, yeah. It's every Wednesday, guys. What Matters with Alex Reed's podcast. It's just there. Go for it. There's a lot of stuff happening. Hey. Cool, cool, cool conversations that are going on. Yeah, um, yeah. Who's your, who'd you have on? I had Josh Rivers on last week. Yeah. Um, next week, the wait and see. I don't even know yet. I've got them all banked. I don't know which one I'm going to pick. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so just go down and have a look at that. Um, it's Mental Health Awareness Week this week, so make sure you reach out to a loved one. Um, a friend. A friend. Um, and just... Yourself. Yourself. Check out for yourself. Yeah. Um, and have a talk with yourself open up the conversation open up the doors to that yeah and yeah have a blessed week catch you guys next week catch you next week bye goodbye softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.